Will, this episode of TOEFOP is brought to you by Movement Watches. Oh, damn straight it is. And you and I, but mostly Movement Watches. Join the movement. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. <laughs> this is TOEFOP. <laughs> oh, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Is this over already? What happened? I just, I, I had a little freak out uh, mid-sentence. Now what's she barking at? What I love is that we just recorded a thing that people may or may not hear, but um, Ramona was barking the whole way through because I thought that there was a water bottle. Well, normally she'll bark if there's a bottle and she wants the bottle, yeah. but now you've put the bottle away and she's... She's looking at something else. Hang still... on. You commentate. I'll find what okay. it is and move it. Hello, I'm Will Anderson. Uh, Charlie and I are pre-recording. Well, we always pre-record this show, I guess. Um, I guess it is, Charlie. Just maybe put that in the sink as well and she can just maybe forget about it. Ramona, come here. Come on. Okay. Anyway, so sometimes... I, she, that's, that was it. It was the cup. Okay. The cup. <laughs> it was driving her nuts. <laughs> that's all right. So um, we're, at, we're at my place again. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> second record in a row I'm in the same place. This. I'm liking this. I mean, it is... I mean, this is a good idea. This is why you should subscribe to the Patreon because then I can afford to fly down and do this in the same room. I mean, th that would be great, actually. Yeah. It'd be great for us. I think that, you know, it's probably better for the episodes as well. 100%. When we're in the same place. And certainly... And also great for my frequent flyer points, so... <laughs> and much more enjoyable for the dogs. Yes. So, because <laughs> I tend to lock them out when we're doing it in Skype, but they, they, uh, they get free rain. Well, free rain and free back rubs. That's true. They, they understand that they don't actually mind when the podcast is happening because chances are there's an extra person that they can sit on the lap of and get back rubs during it. But have you noticed, Charlie, What? Uh, that despite the fact that both Ramona and Winnie have been in the podcast, no farts? Oh, Did you I, that I, I, last believe, time? I believe we've talked about this before. You changed your diet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And what I'm saying is, Charlie, I've stuck with it and it's bloody worked. I haven't noticed. If you want your dog to not fart anymore, I believe that I have... Uh, stumbled upon the magic method. Oh, what I is feel it? like I could sell. Well, I'm not just going to give it away for free on a podcast. Well, you're going to market it like Paul Newman's like so soup and stuff. Will Anderson's, Will Anderson's dog food. Fart free dog food. Fart free dog food. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, it'd be a little cartoon of me on the front. Yeah, Fosdark can do that. Fosdark can do the cartoon. And I'll be saying, I'm, uh, I may not know much about farts, but I know what I like. <laughs> and it's this dog food. The Art of No Fart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, you remember that band, The Art of Fighting? Yeah. The Art of Fighting. <laughs> That'll be wrapped. <laughs> so the thing about your recipe, though, isn't it all like you got to... Do you reckon you could mass produce it? Or is it like about going to like an organic market and getting like only the finest produce? Yeah, but that, that's your market, Charlie. 
Your market isn't the people who... Here's, here's what I'm going to say. People buying the quinoa there. curtain. If you want to buy the cheapest dog food or the cheapest cat food, yeah. then you are never going to have a fart-free dog if your dog is a farter. I imagine there are some dogs that are like are not farters. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, let's just assume that your dog... Is a farter. But that cheap food, much yeah. like human beings when you eat that McDonald's. cheap food... It's yeah. it's going to go straight through you. Yeah. So yes, it's a gourmet, but that's where your market is, mate. That's where your yeah. margin is. Is it like it's kind of like an upmarket, uh, like not a blue apron? Is it blue apron that they yeah, do it's these blue ingredients apron for yeah. dogs? Dogs. There you go. Blue apron, but for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the crazy way that Silicon Valley works. That we could walk walk into some meeting with some fucking app developer and yeah. he'd be like, "What is your app? What's your idea?" And we would go, "It's blue apron." But, but for, for dogs. dogs, I think that, I mean, that is definitely something that you could see because you're marketing to someone who lives in a suburb or lives in a neighborhood where they don't necessarily have a job, yeah. but they're definitely too busy to, to buy ingredients for dog food, but they want to give their dog the best kind of meal they can have. So if you can just deliver it so I can feel like I'm part of the process. Yeah, exactly. The exact measurement. It is literally for the arty farty set. Yes. And these Ironically. are the sort of people who are living in these small apartments, you know, like they're going to get trapped in with the odors. You know, more often, this yeah. is the inner city living. This is like, this is absolutely my target market. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not targeting somebody who's got a backyard where the dog can go and fart as they please. I'm targeting someone who's, you know, trapped in their, you know, groovy apartment. I think this apartment. is a really good idea. I'm yeah. thinking about it because my brother has two dogs as well. And he does the same thing as you. He makes their special, like, you know, he'll do a big cook up. But if it could deliver to him the ingredients, because I imagine it's stuff he wouldn't buy for himself ordinarily. Well, you know what the thing is too? It's a, like... It's one of those things where I always do a specific shop because I know the certain amount of ingredients I want because you can't cook up too much in advance. I suppose you could freeze it and mm. like blah, blah, blah. But they like it fresh. I don't want to be I don't want to be freezing it and reheating it and this sort of nonsense, Charlie. Yeah. And that's not where it's at its best, right? But the thing is, all right, oh, sorry, before okay. you're jumping ahead no, in this, no. this billion-dollar business plan, Please. but – you're, you have not tested it. You've only tested it on two dogs. Yeah. How do you know that this is the best ingredients? You'd have to get like a, a control, what do they call it? A control where you'd have to have a few different yeah. breeds of dogs. What you're saying, Charlie, is that I would have a business, which also meant I could get more dogs <laughs> and I could have a variety of dogs. Like, can you imagine the office? Yes. Like, you, It'd be amazing. Yeah. Be, and, I mean, I'm against animal testing, but if you're only testing more delicious ways to feed them, then I think everyone could be in favor of that sort of animal testing. So you have this cool office. It's the equivalent of Google, but for animals. Yeah. So instead of like the bean bags or whatever, well, you might, might still have bean bags for them to sleep in and those sort of things, but it's just this like awesome dog park. And the best. But also a great place to work. But we'd, what we'd do, because I imagine we'd. We, do you like the way I'm suddenly your 50% business partner? Sidles in. <laughs> I'm my, my billion-dollar idea. Actually, it's 70-30, Will. I'm an ideas man. Uh, would be, it'd be awesome if because we'd be doing different flavors and ingredients yeah. like each time. And would so, we? Yes, we would. I'm 50-50, 70-30. We'd need to do the split this way. It's the only way it's going to work. I'm the ideas man. Listen to me. I've got an idea for you. Okay. We team up with an animal shelter uh -huh. because every time we, we don't want to use the same dogs for the same like recipes. So we come up with a new recipe. We go to the animal shelter. They send us 13 dogs. And then we use the profits from it to get those dogs home. So it's a, it's a good news story. We're making heaps of money, <laughs> exploiting people's uh, uh, sympathies for, for sheltered animals. I love it though, because this is the thing. The sheltered animals, 
there's a lot of animals out there that need that love and attention, right? And also need marketing budgets. Right, absolutely. But also you're saving lives. So that, yeah. that's some goodwill for your company already. You're giving back to the community. You're testing it on the animals. But also, I guarantee you that if you could sell as a package, like for example, we've tested this food specifically for dogs like this, mm. but we know that it works on Randy over here. Um, because I don't know, Randy, dog, that's the first that's dog, dog name. <laughs> that's the name the dog came with from the pound, Randy. Randy, because he used to hump everything. Yeah, yeah, but we've solved that with our Bella's diet that we're giving Randy now. now. He doesn't get one erection, so you can actually send out to these like hipsters, yeah, a year supply of food, say for example, and a Randy. Yeah, you get Randy and the foods you know, this is the diet that Randy enjoys. That's Randy's a great idea. going to behave well on this. So suddenly you're not only taking those disadvantaged dogs, giving them a better life, but also putting them into a situation where you know that they are going to be well cared for. So are we saying like, are we saying to people, customers, if you adopt one of our tester dogs, he's done, he's done, you know, so they've been there through the round of testing. Now we want to find them a home. We're saying, if you take one of those dogs, we will give you like a certain amount of free food. Yep. Because that's a good goodwill. It doesn't really cost us too much. Nothing no, on the bottom exactly. line. We're, I need to protect my 80-20 split. So. We're getting free uh, dog testing yes. with these animals. And in return, we find them a home yeah. and, you know, to, to make sure they get a really good home. Yeah, we give because free dog been, like, We want them to have the best life ever. So we're going to find... Maybe we have a competition every year, like yeah. really Wonka style, yeah. where people can sort of like apply or whatever to actually rehome because these dogs would become they'd be on our website yeah they'd become the stars you know meet Dude, randy on the podcast yeah <laughs> definitely on the podcast which we would still record yeah <laughs> um yeah i like that i think that actually would I actually be, think it's a good, a good can idea. you imagine like what a fun office to work in like that would be the spirit of it would it be oh are you talking about the fact that there'd be a lot of shit everywhere yeah, we, like, do you know well, what? I'm literally imagining an office with dogs just walking around and yeah. sitting at desks and stuff like that. It's a couple, in the, couple in the boardroom. Playing, bill- playing billiards. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there would be a dog area and the office would be run like a normal office. For some reason, I just thought that would... would well, you, you know what? Put, to make it You couldn't put all the dogs in at the one time. Let's No, let's say what, we do. <laughs> on Friday afternoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friday afternoons after 12, all the dogs mingle. Or some with behavioral problems. Yeah. They sure all get a go. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your kids. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's when we get sued. Is it's bring your kid to work day, and <laughs> we coincides with Friday. I think that that would be. I mean, the, chances are, if we've thought of it now, there probably is a business that's already doing something. Similar. You reckon that specific but, makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it's actually there's a good market for it. I'm going to Google blue apron for, for dogs. dogs. Yeah, and see see what I get. Yeah, in that regard, and see if there's something that comes up. But yes, I, I certainly think it's the sort of thing that you start as a small business, but you get some seed funding or whatever, and you turn it into like a. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Seed funding. We get birds. Yeah. We're rehoming birds. <laughs> yes, you can be in charge of the bird division. <laughs> <laughs> we run the company together, but I'm in charge of the dogs, and Charlie's in charge of the birds. You just hear screeching and me yelling and swearing. Every time I come to see you, I'm just covered in scratches. There's like little feathers on my head. Well, we have to change this. You're going to take the birds for a week. I can't stand it. Um. All right, here we go. Um, oh, well, here we go. Right. Oh, is it, is it, is it, does it exist? Uh, here's the headline on um, oh, no. Medium. Blue apron for dogs? Question mark. 
These sounds like a tofu idea. <laughs> Imagine if that's what it said. Yeah. Imagine if I started reading it and it was like, sounds like something those guys on tofu would come up with. But it's not that stupid. Uh, blue apron for dogs? Question oh, mark. These six fresh pet food services. There's six of them. Fuck here. I was thinking. Make it there? easier to feed your pet homemade food every day. Oh, All damn. right. So that's too early to float on the stock exchange. <laughs> well, I still think there are some tactical advantages that we have in the market, which is ours is built like on the thing that people are really worried about, which is farts, right? I feel <laughs> I like you're going to say an animal's welfare. <laughs> no. Or the, or the climate. Disgusting, dirty dog farts. <laughs> A lot which of does other contribute companies. to climate change, I guess. Exa- well, that's another angle. Yeah. All right. Uh, I haven't got my glasses, but I'll have a go. Uh, <laughs> fresh dog food is the solution to not knowing. Uh, okay, you're all right, but you're all right. Sure. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, fresh dog food is the solution to not knowing what's in the food you're feeding your furry best friend. That is terrible. The written worst sentence. sentence ever written. Real double negative situation. For years, kibble has ruled over mealtime. It's cheap, convenient, and simple. However, as people become more conscious of what they're feeding themselves, a growing number of people questioned what they're scooping into their dog's bowl. Where there was no natural options on the market, consumers decided to make their own dog food. Well, you've got, you, you understand me, double negative user. Uh, while vets applauded the efforts, they also saw a consistent lack in nutrients needed in the foods. Luckily, some vets and brands joined forces. Nah. Oh, here we go. There we go. Fucking big vet and big brand <laughs> getting in fucking bed together. Big kibble. Yeah. Oh, doesn't have the right nutrients in it. Uh, well, vets applauded the efforts, uh, blah, blah. Luckily, some vets and brands joined forces and came up with a solution. Develop balanced recipes, cook them using the best ingredients and deliver them to your door. It's basically a blue apron <laughs> for dogs. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, I really thought we had something there. Like, I literally... I mean, I've been reading a lot of Eckhart Tolle at the moment. I'm trying to stay in the moment. But my mind did race ahead where I imagined us as, like, mega successful Silicon Valley-type dudes working in an office with dogs. Like the guys from Atlassian. Yeah. But, like, for dogs. For dogs. For Blue Open for dogs. Um, All right. Because those guys, I don't know what they do. Some computer things that's made them billions of dollars. But they look like if someone said the reason they're rich is they invented Blue Apron for dogs, <laughs> that would explain a lot more of how they look than how they actually look. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, Blue Apron for dogs. But better. Right. Uh, as there's no home cooking. Mm. Oh, well, that's well, the I don't whole know if that is better. joy of it, isn't it? I like the... I, I, I would say this. That... So, but what that, that's not... That's... That's like there's a, a million services right now which will deliver you gym meals. Mm. Like uh, I can't I can't think of the name of one of them, but that's what yeah. that is. There's Gyms, some, gym meals. No, there's, there's a popular one in Australia. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, that's gym what that is. Gym meals to you. Healthy meals, healthy whole foods delivered cooked. <laughs> I mean, it's not a catchy name. I don't think that's what it's called. Fit, uh, fit food. Do you want to know what the names of these dog businesses are? Are they all puns? Can I try and guess them? Uh, so... Yeah, okay, so the first one... Give me a hint and I'll try and guess the name. You can say, you can say it's a pun or it's a reference. Okay, or... so the, the first bit of this, it's triple N, but all... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't say that. Tri- triple N, but um, all the words are together. Yeah. The first word and the second word are both three letters and they are the same word. 
and they are a slang term for eating. Oh. Like a modern day, mm. oh. like millennial. Num num. Num num. And the third one's an N? No, well, nom oh. nom. Nom nom. Yes, oh, yeah. but you're right. Nom. And then the other one is also a three letter word starting with N O. Nom nom. Now, it's a dog thing. Nom so, nom. nom, nom. Oh, was it a dog thing? Think pun? about delivering. Nom nom. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's nom nom. Nom nom. Nom nom. Nello? <laughs> when do you want it? Now. Nom nom now. Nom nom now. Yeah, okay, nom cool. nom now. That was one of the businesses. All right. Uh, all right. So, uh, nom nom now. now. Uh, uh, this one is just a person's name or a name of a skateboarding trick. An Ollie? Yep. Ollie, Ollie's food? <laughs> like, something. So. like Ollie's trolleys? Um, oh, okay. This one has a, uh, a, a dog related. Uh, well, something that um, if. If my father, uh, well, my father does does have a a, a dog. What mm-hmm. would say? So, I've given you two almost too close a clue. There. If your dad had a dog, yeah. it'd be your grand dog. <laughs> no, if my dad had a dog, it'd be uh, the, your your brother your your brother your no. If my <laughs> the farmer's dog. <laughs> <laughs> some reason, I thought the dog was related to you. I thought it was your grandfather. Then I thought if, it was your brother. If my dad had a dog, he's your brother? That's not how it works, Charlie. <laughs> I just realised I didn't grow up in a family of nine. Really? Got we just lived near a... Cheated in the will. <laughs> got told the goldfish got three parts. <laughs> They're your brothers, Charlie. <laughs> oh, okay. um, all right. So this the one, farmer's dog. Uh, two, two. Uh, so both two words both start with P. Poor is one of them. Poor. No. Okay. Puppy. No. Pup. Is a dog related? One of the P words. No. Okay. Although um, it's animal related. Okay. Oh. A more broad and generic term might not just be for dogs. Pooch. P- or pet. Uh, pet. 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 <laughs> oh, they don't all have to repeat? No. <laughs> it's not pet pet. Nom nom pet pet. No, it's pet. 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 Uh, what's it relate to, the second word? Well, something maybe that you would serve the food on. Pet plate. Pet plate. That's a good one. That's the best one so far. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> when you ever, you never like, oh, okay. Right. So. There was a popular Australian um, uh, denim chain sure. in the eighties. Chains West. Uh, no, JJ's. not that one. JJ's. No. Um, the, you knew, ironically, Just the Jane's. name of the shop. Yeah, Just Chains. Okay, is what I was it. trying to go for. Yeah. Uh, so this one definitely has that spirit of okay. how they've named right. the business. Okay. Just Jeans. Okay. It's not bras and things. Yeah. It's just jeans. So, so yeah, yeah, it's something to do with just good food, just wholesome ingredients. You are in the right area. Um, but even simpler, if I was described, if I had this okay. and I, you were like, what is this? Yeah. And I said this sentence, it would explain what it was. Just good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just food for dogs. <laughs> That's the name of their business. Yeah. Wow. It's just food for dogs. Quickest meeting ever with the naming of the company. <laughs> What's the business about? Well, we're just going to make food for dogs. Should we just call it just food for dogs? Done. Done. Let's Easy. Go Move on. 
Um, okay, no, that one, not even. Okay, well, that, that that's it. So I think that uh. our advantage is, I think that there is some genuine value in the preparation. The preparation is you, even though the dogs don't appreciate it. Do you have a lighter or an opener? Uh, maybe up there somewhere. Um, uh, or there's uh, in the drawer there, there's probably spoons if you want to use something. Um, so I think the preparation is part of it. I, we anthropomorphize our pets and part of me preparing them food, like, you know, we all know that the act of preparing someone food can be like, you know, an act of love. Yeah. And, you know, when you're making this food fresh for the dogs and then you serve it to them and they enjoy it, you know, you get some pleasure out of your part in that experience that I don't get when I open up the, you know packet of liver and hearts mm. you know from the the pet shop and whack it in the bowl yeah like the dogs might enjoy it as much but for me the pleasure has been partly in the, the experience of creating it and yeah. making it and and so i think that what we do is bring in that step these other companies have come in thinking so they're all pre-made all those companies. all pre-made yeah all right so That's we're still, in. Yeah, we're still we, in business we give people the ingredients yeah and then you can put them together at home. And if those guys have a business called Just Dog Food, yeah. we can definitely be Blue Apron for Dogs. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's... Yeah, the... we'll literally just call it Blue Apron for Dogs. Yeah. And finally, the sixth company, Blue Apron for Dogs. <laughs> I wonder how much... I wonder how we get this off the ground. We have to... I mean, I imagine like we'd have to actually start cooking in bulk. You know, we'd have to get some dogs around. I could bring Junior around. We'd have to get a few friends with dogs and we'd just have to have... A, we just have to start really small. We work out how much we can cook on mass, how much time it's going to take, what's the cost of the ingredients. Well, I think we both know a lot of, you know, influencers, mm -hmm. you know, people who are in the media and you know, comedians and, you know, actors. Oh, you want a fire festival it. So just get it out there before we've even got a business plan or a strategy. I just or say a... we make a very exciting video. <laughs> just a bunch of dogs on a desert island just eating food and... Looking really happy. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, you, and I just, you and I just swanning around just like <laughs> toasting beers all the time. One stage I'm just passed out on the beach. Dogs are stepping over me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then we're out on jet skis with the dogs. Yeah. You know, and stuff. And then when it all goes to shit, you, de you deny knowing me. You can just be like, actually, no, I can deny knowing you because you brought me into this. So I'll be like, oh, we'll sound like a big guy. Look, I'm just, I'm, just as, I'm just as upset as the rest of you guys. I had no idea. I don't know about that because I feel like in this situation, I'm Ja Rule and you're the other guy. Why? Because you're the bullshitter. You're the one. Oh, no, I'm the bullshitter. No, I came up with an idea and then you fucking covered it in bullshit. Yeah, it's true. You're Ja Rule. And that's like, not much better. Not great. <laughs> well, time to take a little break from the show to talk about our excellent sponsor, Movement Watches. Technically, we're not taking a break from the show, Charlie, because we've pre-recorded this advertisement before we actually did the show. Why are you so like keen on giving a people a peek behind the curtain? This is what the people want. I mean, let's be honest. We <laughs> this is what the people want. We can't even afford a curtain down here at Tofop HQ. In fact, the only reason that we even have half a sheet that we can pretend is a curtain is because of the good people at Movement Watches. Yes, they are founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. They've sold almost 2 million watches worldwide by bringing quality designs at fair prices. What do you think I'm wearing on my wrist right here, Will? Uh, we are in the same room and you're looking at it. Is it the Black Rose uh, Movement Watch? That's right, baby. <laughs> 
Now, I've talked a lot about how this improves my look, my standing, my social status. What do you think? Do I look more sophisticated? I'm going to sit here very naturally posed with my movement watch across my chest. Well, you know what? I, the only thing I don't like about your uh, movement watch, Charlie, is it means that I can't take my eyes off it and I'm distracted from your beautiful <laughs> face. Normally, I get to stare at your beautiful face, but now I'm staring at the beautiful face of a movement watch. Movement watches have dropped a bunch of new styles you can pick from the Arc Automatic or the Blacktop Inspired Collection. Talk about how... Oh, no, sorry. This is what they're telling me to say. Okay. Movement watches. <laughs> no, you, you tell the people. Let's peek behind oh, you that peek sheet behind we're the pretending curtain? is All a right. curtain. Okay. So they say, hey, talk about movement watches, sunglasses, and other accessories, how they're the perfect gift for families, friends, and significant others. Hey, Will, you know what's a perfect gift for family, friends, and significant others? You know what, Charlie? I've noticed recently I've got a lot of uh, new significant others in my life. And really? I've been... Well, you know what the thing about significant others is? Well, it's hard oh. to say. A, it's hard to say, and B, it's hard to maintain a wide variety of significant others because all they want is gifts. How can I not break the bank and give all these significant others in my life a gift? Well, uh, we'll get to that bit, but oh. first, let's talk about the oh, let's talk let's about talk about the compliments. Oh, okay. You know what? I've given some of my significant others these um, movement watches. And they now have uh, other significant others in their lives just from the compliments that they're getting in the street. Oh, right. So it's like a pyramid scheme of compliments. Well, let's not use the word pyramid scheme <laughs> in this advertisement. Movement watches are all about looking good while keeping it simple. They don't tell you how many steps you've taken or blow up your wrist with text messages. <sighs> Give me an example of a message you might receive late at night, Will, from someone. You up? Yeah, baby. I'm suing you. I'm suing you. I'm Lawyer X. I mean, you never know. They're not overly intrusive on life with notifications, text messages, emails, and they tell the time like true classic timepieces should. And you know what? They look good doing it. This is actually good for me, Charlie, because you know that I've been trying to like cut down on my screen time. Yep. And the best way to cut down on the... You use your phone all the time, check the time, and then suddenly you're lured in by the time and you thought, well, while I'm checking the time, mm. I might as well check Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And I'm trying not to do that. So what I need is just something on my wrist yeah. that isn't going to blow up my wrist. And didn't like back in the day, like if you're a survivalist or a, a sailor, can't you like navigate by using a, like an old school watch? Oh, yeah, I can. I, yeah, I've given away you Google can. Maps. I've given away Google Maps. <laughs> and and navigate by the stars. Exclusively by the stars and my movement watch. Yeah. Have you got Google Maps? No, but no. I've got a movement watch and that's all I need. Me and Albie Mangles. I've got a movement watch and a clear view of the sky. They wanted real quality products for everyone. They were two college dropouts, but we don't hold that against them. We don't. In fact, we, it's a positive. And they've watch. sold almost 2 million watches worldwide in over 160 countries. Okay, now this is the recommended copy. We okay. can't mess this up. All right, go. <clears throat> movement watches start at just $95. You're looking Bargain. at 400 bucks for the same quality from a traditional brand. Ridiculous. Okay, now here's an idea from them. They want us to talk about all the things you can buy with that saved money. So you've just saved yourself $305. Yeah. What's the first thing you go out and buy? I'm going to buy myself 60 bags of chips. Sixty bags of delicious cheese and onion chips. I'm going to buy myself some movement accessories. Maybe like uh, I'll buy some sunglasses or one of their wristbands or, or pendants. Yeah, okay. Well, just don't <laughs> speculate. <laughs> All right. Here's the important bit. The call to action. Mm. To get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns, go to movement.com slash Tofop. That's movement.com slash Tofop. Although the copy we got sent, they actually gave us movement.com weekly planet. Oh, 
It does feel like you've got somebody else's email, doesn't it? Really it really does. Oh, but boo. Look, the Weekly Planet are doing fine. They've got yeah. heaps of listeners. Exactly. Help us out. In fact, even if you're hearing this ad on the Weekly Planet, uh, and their ad, put in the code TOFOP anyway. Yeah, that'd be great. Movement is launching new styles on their sites all the time. Check out the latest range at movement.com and go to movement.com slash TOFOP to get 15% off today. And we'll join the movement. Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, I say we fire festival. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That you just you get yourself a bunch amazing of amazing showreel, make a bunch of ridiculous promises about what we can deliver, get ourselves a whole bunch of like Silicon Valley heat and mm. startup money, and like you know just get everyone to like invest a whole amount of money in it, and then we just take off. Yeah. Well, no, I think we intend to, like, you know, we just do it, but we do it without the level of commitment we show to the podcast, <laughs> which is cancel one week, miss a recording time the next week. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, Will's got 19 rescue dogs in his house. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Finally found something to do with that spare room. <laughs> we could make it an offshoot. I mean, I think maybe clearly podcasting itself isn't profitable. We do need some kind of associated business. We need a scam. We need like a side scam that can enable us to keep doing the podcast mm. as part of like as what is seen to be an integral part of the side scam. Was it a scam or is it we just come up with great ideas, but we just need people to enact it for us? Because I think I think it could work, but we're just not capable of doing it. Well, that's it. Like, I, I, that's why. I mean, I, are there just like well-drilled corporate teams that can just come together or do you have to take the time to assemble them? Can you just like bring in a group of people to say, hey, we have this idea. Mm. We've got no idea how to make it happen, but we'll definitely talk it up like Ja Rule and his mate. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. We're real good at that. Um, I believe that over the years, I mean, look, we've thrown out a lot of ideas. <laughs> I believe that over the years, if you were someone who had an entre entrepreneurial spirit, there's at least been one good idea in the history of this podcast that someone who had that sort of business acumen, who had that idea that, of like being able to... Adult prams. Everyone remember? We right. talked about adult prams in the first year of the show. And then sure enough, that's a service that exists now. Right. So there's got to have been those ideas that in the right hands, mm. not us two idiots who just like <laughs> spouted them out and moved on. Like there's certainly been ideas for... Yeah, concept. Like, well, there's been you know concepts that have been discussed on this show, you know, about movies and ideas and stuff that have later seen themselves appear in the zeitgeist. Yeah, we were so, going to have a party on an it's a knockout style theme uh, theme park once, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I still want to do that, <laughs> like some kind of tofop live event, but it's it's a knockout. I mean, that in itself is a is still a solid idea. <laughs> I wonder if there is like, because you know they have all these places where they, that actually wouldn't be a bad idea for a movie. Like if you wanted to set a horror film somewhere, you know, like <laughs> it's they, a knockout world. Well, you know how they set up all these like, you know, for whatever that it's a knockout style. You know the, the one the, that was the, in the rock. water. What was it called? Oh, uh, Wipeout. Wipeout, right? And the Rock's so, doing something similar, like an American yeah. Ninja style. So they all go to these places mm. where they have these like, you know, where they set up these sort of, and they all film them like the Ninja. Yeah, generally warrior. countries that don't have public liability right. insurance. Yeah. And then people fly in from all over the world and they all film their episodes of it there so that you don't have to construct your own in different countries. Mm. There's got to be an abandoned one of those somewhere. 
Oh, that's a great idea. Like, you know, so like, you know, a horror movie set in yeah. sort of like a, a, sh- a shut down left behind. But is the killer attacking you with like sticks with giant foam ends? I mean, like I that? think if you found the right one, you could kind of combine the right amount of like, yeah, like in the style of. But so I love it. So the killer, the mask killer is stalking you, but you're jumping across rubber balls across a lake and you keep bouncing off and having to swim back to the start. Well, for example, how about this as an idea? There was a show on American TV a few years ago where it was called, oh God, it was something about starting again. It was like new, like starting a new society and they found all these people and they were all going to start out and you'd be in a new society together. They took them out into the middle of nowhere and they had a, it was called like, uh, fuck, what's it, like a utopia. Okay. Or, I think it was actually called Utopia. Okay. I'm going to look it up. But it got cancelled. It was like this massive thing they'd spent all this money on and then no one really watched it. So what if you filmed one of those things they set out all those people out there to start this new like mm. world and then it stopped raiding, so they stopped filming it, but they realized it was too expensive to, to pull down to actually bring people back though. Oh. Like so imagine like they just <laughs> they, they actually shut do down, start a society. But because these people don't know, they're not interacting with yeah, they're, yeah. they're actually trying to start this new society. So they actually do start, start this the new, new society, society, right? But then somebody starts killing people. Yeah. <laughs> And no one's watching anymore, right? Yeah. But this like really exciting thing is happening in this society, but no one's watching anymore. There you go. There's another there idea. There you go. There's a great idea. There you go, Hollywood. That's a Black, Black Mirror episode. Uh, Utopia, um, uh, what a reality? Because there's an Australian television show called Utopia. Uh, all right. Utopia, a reality show. Here we go. Um, doesn't have a bad IMDb. Uh, a group of 15 Americans moved to an isolated, undeveloped location for one year. So they're mm. meant to be there for one year, where they take on a challenge of creating their own civilization from scratch. The pioneers must draw on their own ideals and knowledge of societies around the world. So they got different people who had different like ideas about what life was about um, in every facet of building up the infrastructure. Each individual must try to be indispensable to the group or risk being exiled back to their lives and replaced with potential newcomers who have been vying to take someone's place. In the end, the experiment reveals if people could make a better world if given a blank slate. It didn't because it got cancelled like really early. That's a good but, idea. I'd never no idea about that, but that's yeah. what it should be. So they were meant to be there for a year. Or, there, or maybe there's some kind of apocalyptic event and society gets like cut off. Oh, but they don't know. They don't know. So because they keep they're going. not meant to be contacted anyway. Yeah. They're just meant to be filmed. Yeah. Yeah. And so they could, and they could, you could, they they would be years until they realize. Oh, hang on, we haven't had any like. Well, they get. Past well, I don't that think it would year be mark. years, but you could. I reckon you could make a conceit that they were only going to check in every yeah. couple of months or whatever. You yeah. know, and, and then they would know. The is this, is this part of the show? They yeah. said they're going to come back in three months, but they haven't. They're going to bring supplies, right. but they haven't. But this show was even set up so that they weren't really going to bring supplies or anything. So you could really. So yeah, you're on this island. Some event happens mm. in the rest of the world plague or something and you're cut off and you're the last surviving people but the, but you don't know i mean i think the, i think the interesting part is that they would there'd be an element of them performing because right. they know it's being filmed but so the stuff that the the because they would be play acting in a way okay we're the you know we're starting again they don't know that they actually are starting again so it'd be interesting you could show the contrast between well the uh, identities they adopt when they think it's for show, but then when they find out that they're well, genuinely... they're big people, John Locke style from Lost, who believed early on what, you know, there'd be that, that sort of, you know, 
those people going, I think something's happened, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't feel like this is actually how it's meant to be going down. We have to be more serious about this. There's no one yeah, yeah. sort of coming. And they'd be like, no, 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 this is like the show. This is yeah, like, yeah. this is what we're here for. This is like yeah. part of it. And you're ruining it. Like, you know, you're being paranoid, blah, blah, blah. And you'd be able to, yes, play with that idea of what happens when they actually start. And then we'll if be- someone starts getting killed, yeah, then, because that's when on the island you start to go, Hang on. Hang on, is this still part of the show? Still, they yeah. never mentioned it was going to be... They, yeah. It would be interesting too because you could do like a juxtaposition. So the guy who, when he thought it was a TV show, is the alpha, heroic, blah, blah, blah. But when the shit's actually going down, he's not that at, at all. all. Yeah. 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 So you get to really explore This is a good show. Like what they... Is Google it. It's been made. <laughs> <laughs> Utopia, but if it was real. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might <laughs> see if I can find any more information about Utopia, and then that way it might there was a similar to... series like that. I remember they did on I can't. I think it was Discovery Channel, where it was like a group of people in a warehouse after an apocalyptic event, and it was the same thing. Where it was like a group of different people with different backgrounds, and they would give them challenges where they had to kind of hook up electricity and send people out on scavenger hunts. And I think they must have filmed in some part of downtown LA or something like an industrial area because these people would leave their compound but they couldn't get out and they'd have threats and stuff but it was very interesting to see there's one guy who was this older dude who was like an engineer or something and basically without him they wouldn't have had running water they wouldn't have had electricity right. they wouldn't have had anything and so you look at a guy like him and his value to the group and then they had a guy who was like a philosopher who'd be like hmm you know what is the moral quandary here of this much food and this many people it's like fuck off <laughs> well that's the thing right it, eventually when you're on a tv show you can be very performative about yeah. what you know f- the philosophical meanings of life but if you haven't if you have to fight for survival like literally start to fight for yeah. survival then yeah it would be very and it'd be awesome too because you could ha- almost have like a you could actually do it as a series if yeah like, it'd be a really cool series because you need yeah. the time to develop the characters in one way first and if the, and you can treat like if there's a, a diary room or something they were told that if you need to go talk to the producers, right. they won't be able to contact you, but they'll hear you. So if there's any, yeah. so it's almost like a God thing where they go and they talk to, you know, we need help, blah, 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 blah. And maybe some people in the group start putting all their faith in the diary room and right. yeah, quick copyright TOEFOP. We were still record. We shouldn't record this because this is a great idea. <laughs> uh, Utopia is a reality series. Uh, okay. It was based on the Dutch version of the series. Okay. There you go. Um, <clears throat> Uh, How long did the Dutch did the Dutch make of the full season? I bet they did. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, well, we can get to that if we'd like. Uh, Conrad Green was it? I don't know who that is. Uh, originally scheduled for two nights a week, Tuesday and Friday. Uh, so okay, all right, here we go. I need to tell you. So it premiered on September the seventh, two thousand and fourteen. Uh, it was originally scheduled to be Tuesday and Friday. Uh, on uh, October the second. Uh, they announced it was pulled from Tuesday nights and around the air on Friday nights. And then on November the 2nd, the show was cancelled after uh, promoting that it was going to be a year-long project. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's it's all kind of there. The show didn't air on Australian TV. That's the kind of thing Australian TV does. <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get aired one week and then axed the next. Over 5,000 people auditioned for the series. Um, every month they were meant to be three were meant to be eliminated so if you're a murderer what a great way to murder people too right like for example yeah the but three, you're the three get eliminated 
and then you know, as they're walking down the you know to wherever they think they're going to be evicted from the show. But hang on, but if you're a murderer, you're a murderer who signed up to this show thinking it's a show. You don't know about this apocalyptic event, right? I assume that when the murders start happening, it's only when the re- when you reveal that they're cut off. Because why would a murderer, <laughs> murderer enter a TV show in which it's highly likely his murders would be documented? No, that's a good point. <laughs> Glad we had you in this meeting. Um, all right. Uh, so this is who they took with them. I've got their occupations here. I won't read their names. Great. Uh, a chef. Yep, need him. A behavior specialist. Mm, um, no, maybe not. A real estate entrepreneur. You are definitely getting eaten first. <laughs> a farmer. Yep, need you. A chili farmer. Well, I like um, chili, so. I would have thought the general farmer could have covered chili. A chili farmer. Well. The red hot chili peppers. <laughs> That's unusual, but I don't know. I guess album sales have been a bit slow. Uh, a belly dancer. She can stay. A contractor. What kind of contractor? That could mean anything. Building? Uh, Must be a builder. Let's say. Um, an unemployed person. Well, yeah, I can identify. <laughs> a general contractor. Um, and I think one of the murderers is a contractor. <laughs> because that's a Contract guy. killer. Yeah. <laughs> a contract killer. Sorry, that was definitely one of them. An entrepreneur, a holistic doctor. You're gone, out, off the island. And a construction worker. That's a weird mix of people. So no yeah. kind of security, no police, no authoritarian figures of any kind. No. no army, no hunters. No, farmers. Maybe the farmers can, maybe not the chili farmer, but the general <laughs> The farmer. chili farmer's a bit of a like, bit superfluous, right? <laughs> I mean, unless you can farm other stuff. But if all you can farm is chilies and it's like, well, mate, Oh, hang on. There was some more here. Oh. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Who's the alpha, like, physical... So there was some who'd been um, eliminated already. Oh, okay. Uh, who had been a chef, Another. an unemployed person, a oh. pastor. Ah, gone. A handyman. You can stay. Well, you couldn't, apparently. You got eliminated. <laughs> an entrepreneur, <laughs> political activist. Oh, and... that's just what you need. Someone dragging out the old bloody soapbox. An animal rescuer. Well... Uh, a, a vet. Yeah, you can stay. Oh, sorry, a vet assistant. <laughs> well, still, <laughs> still handy. Um, an attorney, a lawyer. No, don't no. need you. See you, mate. And a security programmer. Programmer, but there's no one who sounded like physically, like you know. I would imagine in a society like that, you'd need like security or who's the sheriff? I'll well, be, I'll be the sheriff. I mean, but that's part of it, isn't it? That somebody would be like, I'll be the sheriff. Yeah. And then, you know, you see people, you know, suddenly become authoritarian. So they only did two episodes of the American series? No, they did um, more than two episodes, but they... It, was it, only, didn't, it didn't make it a year. Well, it was meant to go a year. I think it went like a month and a half. And it got taken from two episodes a week to one episode a week after a month. Sounds extremely costly. $50 million it costs to make. Wow. Well, at least they've given us a great idea for a J.J. Abrams-style <laughs> puzzle box TV yeah, series. Yeah, J.J., if you're listening. <laughs> if there's anyone from uh, Blue Apron who wants a side business, or if J.J. Abrams. Uh, now, I need to uh, let people know, uh, a few people have been asking about the wrestling oh, yes, that I went to see. Um, Lucha Fantastica, which was great, I've got to say. I'm not sure if I've... Um, talked about my theory about wrestling on this podcast but i feel like it's having this uh hipster renaissance right now you know how there's certain kind of activities which 
people enjoy ironically, but they also actually enjoy like, I don't know, 10 pin bowling or something. And that comes back with a, a rock and roll flavor. Yeah. I feel like when I was in the States last year, I noticed that there's a lot of these little indie wrestling uh, shows happening and they're happening in bars and stuff. And the vibe of it was, Hey, come down have some beers, watch some wrestling and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, I think there's something going on here. So I can confirm that's what's going on. Like hipsters have embraced professional wrestling. Um, and this is a good thing because there's some stuff about professional wrestling that was always unacknowledged that they are embracing, which the main thing being the ridiculousness, like the comedy element. So this event was in um, Marrickville, and I've got bloody, a bloody bloody full of hipsters, full of mate. Well, this is the thing. I'm I live uh, I live behind the King Wire Curtain, and I very rarely uh, leave my neighbourhood. And then to actually, I always complain about like Sydney's nightlife, and you know, there's no culture or whatever. And it's like, oh no, it is. It's just too far from my comfortable surrounds for me to venture to, because the audience was all hipsters and. The 90s were back in a big way. Like, I felt like I was having flashbacks. Like, all the girls were dressed like Winona Ryder and Reality Bites, and there was, like, the grunge look was back. And total... how, many, how many people in the audience? I'm going to say, felt like three, 400. Okay, good crowd. Good crowd. Yeah. So, it was at the Factory Theatre. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, good venue. Yeah, good venue. And so, very diverse crowd. Like, it felt like it was people from every quadrant of society were represented and a really great vibe because everyone's like drinking beer and tequila and um, you could get right up to the ring, which is good as well. Cause that was my real interest is like, I've been watching a lot of wrestling on TV, but I've never seen it live. And I just wanted to see what it's like when you see a dude like fly off a top rope and hit that mat. Gotta say it looks terrifying. Like those rings do not look soft at all. Like very hard. So before the thought just for a second, you were going to say, and I've got to say, it looks terrible. <laughs> terrible. That is something you'd definitely want to look at from a distance. You do not want to be right up against the ring. So people came in and they're playing because the, the idea behind it is it's luchador wrestling, which is a specific kind of acrobatic wrestling where they all wear masks. So I feel like the MC was Mexican and there's probably some Mexicans working on the show, but it was probably just like the best you know, wrestlers in Australia and they'd put on a luchador mask and blah, 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 blah. Um, so before the show started, they were running about half an hour late. Everyone had crowded around the ring and people were throwing like beach balls and you could see they were getting that kind of rowdy wrestling. Everyone's sort of getting into it, getting ready to cheer and boo. And I see this dude standing to the side and I see him sort of like, you know, you see someone before a show, before they go on stage, they're kind of like, and I'm like, Jim, look at this dude. I reckon he's a wrestler. Like, I feel like he's going to run in at some stage. And she looked around and he's kind of big as well. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then this girl, drunk girl, chasing a beach ball, jumped into the ring and grabbed the beach ball. And this fucking dude exploded, like pushed people at like beer cans and flung and like slid into the ring. He was security. He wasn't a wrestler. But then he ran up to this girl, but then realized couldn't really do anything. So like he flew in like Superman, knocking things over, pushing people aside, got in the ring, but then just stood in front of it. <laughs> Like, couldn't actually do anything at all. And the girl was like, oh, okay, I'll get out. And so it was this really amazing sort of like super macho also, entrance the for the most. At the wrestling, it is, I mean, I guess they've got masks on, but it, ordinarily it's hard to tell the security What's, from the yeah. wrestling. You'd be like, is this a bit? Well, he, like, It must be one of those things that wrestling events over the years, shit has gone down. And the reason it's gone down was no one understood that it wasn't a bit. Yeah. I mean, how would you tell? People fighting in a ring. No, that guy actually <laughs> just hit me with a chair. It really hurt. 
So one thing I say about this show is what they did really well, which I haven't really thought about, is they leaned in hard to the comedy of wrestling, like just the the basic silliness of it. So one of the there's a couple of like early card rounds, a female wrestling, a female match. There's a guy match, and then. They had uh, this. Uh, they'd bring each each person would get their own entrance music and you know do the walk down with the big video screen playing their highlights. So there was a character called, and I think it was like Padre so and so, who was a heel. Mm. So Padre so and so comes out, and his valet is an altar boy, and so people are booing the Padre, and the altar boy is holding up a crucifix at the crowd as he walked past. <laughs> and the Padre, he's got the luchador mask on, but the big like cardinal's hat on as well. And so there's a lot of physical comedy with him and the altar boy. You can imagine like helping the altar boy holding the ropes open, him sliding past him and stuff. So the wrestling itself was actually pretty good. But these fucking dudes, you, what you realize about it when you see it live is like, it's really just about, there is an athleticism to it, but it's really about just like taking hits. Like, because they actually genuinely like slap each other. They land on their heads. They land on their backs. So you see them do these moves. And it's just like, oh, I'm just basically watching a... It's like when your mate says, watch me do this backflip. And part of you is like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's see what happens. So that match happened. Then there's another couple matches. And then the, the sort of the, the title card match of the night, what do you call it? The main card was this tag team. And the lead guy's uh, gimmick, his name is Concrete Davidson. And so his gimmick is he's an old style strongman. So he's got like the single strap lead, like leopard print leotard. And so he comes out and they're wrestling these two guys. Uh, him and his, oh, his tag team partner is a guy called Cupido, who's like a, he's a Cupid. That's his gimmick. How did he hook up with old concrete? I have no idea. You don't get, it's not like the WWE where you, you get, get an awesome backstory. backstory it's like, they're just put together. I mean, they're an unlikely couple. That's all. Well, they looked like a pairing. So they weren't like a dedicated tag team because the guys they were fighting who are much more like muscle-bound, traditional-looking wrestlers were, they looked like a, a dedicated tag team where Concrete and this guy, you know, were like one was tall and skinny and the other one's kind of short yeah. and fat. Anyway, the match starts with Concrete and the guy and his opponent locking up. You know how they lock up at the start of the match? And so they're sort of like seesawing and they're getting the crowd like, you know, into it and you sort of like cheering, but they lock up and they don't really do anything. And then they lock up and they sort of shuffle towards the edge of the ring and they're still locked up and then they get out of the ring and they're still locked up and then they lock up and they just keep backing where the change rooms. And so then they slowly just back locked up all the way to the change rooms and then that's it. So the other two guys are, all right, I guess we're fighting. So they get in the ring. So they start fighting for a bit. And then in the background, you see Concrete and the other guy come back out and they're still locked up and they're still locked up. And they're still, it was like a great like Monty Python style bit. So they come back into the ring and it's not until they get back into the ring that you realize they're now wearing each other's outfits. <laughs> so they get broken up. There's a bit more wrestling. Then they get back in, they lock up again and then they lock up and they lock up. They lock up and they drift out back to the ring. And then they come back and they've got to change the outfits again. But the best bit, the most aversive bit. Oh, man, that's funny. Was um, so Cupido uh, pulls out his bow and arrow and he shoots the, both of the two opponents. And so when you get shot the arrow, you start like staggering around the ring because now you're filled with an aphrodisiac and the first person you lock eyes with, you're going to fall in love with. So the tag team partners are both been hit by the arrow. They look around and they see each other. And they rush in the middle of the ring and they start making out in the middle of the ring, like full, like tongue pashing, making out in the middle of the ring. It was fucking awesome. That was like the showstopper. There, oh no, the showstopper was uh, a vampire and a werewolf. <laughs> full, 
fought each other, which was amazing. And then, oh, they had a mariachi band at the end, which was not a band, but a single mariachi guy playing like rock and roll covers in a mariachi style with an effects pedal. I mean, it sounds pretty good. It was awesome. It sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, the MC too had a, a dude called Chico, who was a masked wrestler, like a, a big chubby guy. And this bit actually was not so great. It made us feel kind of sick. They would He would pour tequila out into the crowd. You put your hand up, he'd give you a shot of tequila. But then he would lie on his back in the ring and he'd put tequila in his belly button and people would go in and suck the tequila out of his belly button. And your reaction right now, just, just a little bit gross. That's just a bit gross. <laughs> Um, we should uh, start to wrap this up because okay. we have uh, we got time for a yeah we got time for a letter, but that's why I'm well we have to have at least two letters otherwise exactly we can have two letters, but we're going to see uh, the popular American uh, MC. Well, uh, I believe this is our uh, M anniversary because we did this what, before we did Tofop like 2011. We saw him in I think it was 2011. We went to see him together and we'd done a Tofop just beforehand. So um, we yes, and I want to go and see the Hilltop Hoods who were on beforehand. So. Yeah, well, it's like Friday night footy. Yeah, in your hoodie. <laughs> I was messaging about that because we messaged. You, I, I said the Hilltop Hoods are on at seven thirty, and you were like, "It's a swan." <laughs> and I messaged you back going, "That that song's like twenty years old now." And what I love is, I still do enjoy Friday night footy in my hoodie, and so that song has spoken to me. <laughs> yeah, for twenty Time, years. Some lyrics like are timeless. Some, some song lyrics they date really quickly, but yeah. you know what? On Friday night, I literally watched the footy in my hoodie. It was AFLX. It was a different game to what it was 20 years ago, but it was Friday night footy in my hoodie. Tim writes in, hey, Will and Charlie. Excuse me. Sorry, I just burped. I saw Charlie's video on Facebook and have to say that sign-off was terrible, like oh. really bad. What did you do? Might even be worse than the SD card badge idea. Awful. What happened? I can't remember. I think I did a... I can't remember what I did. I, I did. I made a video when we um, missed an episode for people and, and I showed them what the sticker books were. But right. look, obviously, Tim wasn't right. a fan. Please, <laughs> Tim. I can't remember what I did. I mean, has Tim included his address? Because if he has, he's very optimistic because <laughs> he started with a pretty big insult. Anyway, you know, he's a real cunt, Will. <laughs> oh, all right. He doesn't win. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Anyway, when I saw Guest Charlie number one was on the sticker pack, book, sheet, whatever. I knew I must have it. I think I got into Tofop the year before Superpod. But when I found uh, but when I found out Walking the Room, when I found Walking the Room through you guys, I fell in love. Fofop was good, bad for me because I got a lot of Dave, but not a lot of Greg. I know a lot of Greg can be too much, but I don't mind. Also, I need to tell you that it is my personal opinion of that you, Charlie, should be known as Zeroeth Charlie, which is by definition the greatest of all Charlies. Ah, Charlie number one, Zeroeth. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, now give me that sticker sheet. <laughs> this this letter has been all over the shop so far. <laughs> Fair to say you're not a fan. Let's move on to another one. <laughs> and just to remind you, if you'd like to be in the running to win a sticker pack, you can uh, subscribe to... I feel to like a- that guy had read the game and felt like he was nagging you at the start and then came home with a compliment and used an unusual word. It all felt a little too... Forced? Yeah, it felt a little forced to me. But he was wearing a fedora the whole time. <laughs> Done that. He's a third year philosophy major. Uh, Chris, you're going to love the opening of this one. Oi, Tofop. Oh. You like strong starts? No. Wow. Uh, not really a fan. <laughs> oh, no. But I know that the money we chip in... Uh, the, hmm, 
Not really a fan, but I know that the more money we chip in, in the more ways you'll come up, uh, you'll come up with to bankrupt yourselves. <laughs> Which is the best way I know to hold off the robot uprising. I think Tim and Chris are the same oh, person. Boy. Feels like feels like the same terrible use of language. Also, just like people who've like taken the time to write to us to tell us that they this. <laughs> My wife and I recently moved to a small country town. The locals. Always put a two at the end of locations questions. Where's Charlie's two? Where's Charlie two? Where's my folders two? Hmm, have you ever heard of that before? No. This has given me the shits up until uh, until now. Tofop, where's Taboo two? <laughs> <laughs> and he brings it home strong. Look, Tim, you tried to do the same thing. Open with an insult, but finish so strongly, we can't be mad at you. So that's a little callback there, uh, Chris. That was fantastic. Where's Taboo too? Brilliant. Brilliant. And where's Tattoo too? I found out the other day that Tattoo weren't lesbians. Did you know that? Yeah, that was quite. Did you well always known at know the time. that Tattoo weren't lesbians? Yes, that they were. Li- they were money lesbians. Les- well, not lipstick. They were money. They were lesbians for pay. Okay. Gay for pay. Gay for pay. Yeah, yeah. Tattoo. Why? Why has that come up? I don't know. Somebody you were thinking it. about, but, but, but when did your realization that they weren't lesbians come up? The other day when I read a tweet that pointed out that tattoo weren't lesbians, uh, and I was like, "Is it tattoo? Oh. Isn't it tattoo?" I thought that tattoo. was tattoo. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we got time for one more. Or does Chris win? <laughs> no, I think I feel like all due respect to Chris and Tim, uh, that I'd love one that didn't start with an insult, <laughs> <laughs> if possible. Uh, okay, right. This is from a previous winner, Anthony Marin, Marin Jelly. Hey, Charlie and Will, uh, just a quick note. I listened to TOEFOP232, Willness, which is out, uh, was out two weeks ago for you guys listening to this. My winning sticker pack is not numbered, <laughs> but do not worry. I'm trying to negotiate with my dad to see if I can get the stickers on a piece of Russell Crowe memorabilia he was given from Cinderella Man. Is that true? That'd be amazing. On the Tone Loke songs, you spoke... Some good... Uh, oh, I was going to say some good uh, Russell Crowe content coming up, but it will have been last week. Last week, yeah. But a good Russell Crowe... If you haven't listened to last week's episode... <laughs> some good Russell Crowe Some good Russell Crowe content. <laughs> on the Tone Loke songs you spoke about on the podcast, this is a quote from the LA Times in 1989. Quote, Producers and delicious vinyl owners Mike Dyke... Matt, sorry, Matt Dyke and Michael Ross came to me with a title and an instrumental track and said, write a song called Wild Thing. I'm not lying. I wrote it in 35 minutes. That does not surprise me. Funky Story God, checks out. Funky God Medina took 13 me... 13 minutes. <laughs> a little over an hour. I, uh, had a, I had a nap. I had a 20-minute power nap <laughs> in the middle. Uh, that is Young MC who wrote two songs for Tone Loke and then later went on to have his own hit with Buster Move. You can hit me up anytime if you ever need any background info for hip-hop content. All right, good. Maybe after we see Eminem tonight, we'll have some questions for you. Also, I went to an awesome vegan restaurant in, uh, on Saturday after Will's slightly more progressed show at the Comedy Store. Oh, so it is in Sydney. Uh, it's called Paperbark in Waterloo. Do you know this one? I haven't been there, no. I'm neither vegan nor vegetarian, but would thoroughly recommend. Would probably never have tried it without hearing Will talk about food choices over the years. I'm off to watch Lessons for Life. Anthony, we, I feel like we should give you a second sticker pack, but yeah. I'm not sure. Is that in the rules? I liked how Anthony was like really complimentary. <laughs> yeah, and, pl- show. and plugged our show. He said, like, you know, I've learned something from the podcast and I've taken it in my life. Here's a story about how I made my life better. <laughs> I'm going to go and watch Charlie's web series. Like... We can't give him another one. We'll give no. one more. One more. But I'm glad he came to the show. So Jane basically has to stuff up real bad to lose to Tim and uh, who's the other guy? Well, 
Tim, uh, Tim and Jeff, Gary, Chris. Chris. <laughs> okay. All right, Jane. The sticker pack is yours for taking. Just don't insult us in the first sentence. Yeah. Hey, Will and Charlie, I have a confession to make. Oh, no. I murdered someone. I should read it. I was on a reality show and I murdered several of the other people. Okay, now I've read ahead. It's okay. Okay. Whilst I love philosophy and I've listened to every episode, some multiple times, it is... I hate Tofop. It is... (laughs) I also hate Tofop. Tofop is stupid. (laughs) It is also a podcast uh, I go to if I cannot sleep. This is not a reflection of the content, uh, Will, but I believe the tone of the podcast, which I find relaxing... Similar to a good book, maybe. Hashtag Will Rested. Brilliant. Now, I, got, I got a lot of good... Um, Reed Parker did a little Sleeping Wills yeah, a poster that. for me, but there were a lot of good suggestions from people. Nike Will? Was yeah, that a good was one. good. Yeah. Uh, in reference to a 10-degree theatre IOT to keep your patrons awake, I believe that I would actually walk out if not forewarned about the chilling venue. And this is coming from a real fangirl. I already wear jeans and jumpers to the movies, and I live in Townsville. Mm. Charlie, I can certainly empathise with your aching and creaking structure, which really worries me as I've only been in the army for two years. I'm still in my 20s and I creak in every direction. Love all three, four podcasts and have been introduced to a few of your friends since I began listening six months ago. Thanks for the distractions, Jane. P.S. Just in case you feel kind enough to send me one off sticker book, my address is below. I trust you will not read it out. It is Jace. No. <laughs> uh, that has to fucking of win. Of course it I mean, was. it was so filled with compliments. Mile. Basically, if you want to win a sticker pack, yeah. just like kiss our ass. Or don't, just don't start with an insult. <laughs> yeah. But if that is a case of dudes being like, ah, oh, be they fun. insult each other. This Watch this. Hey, fuckos. <laughs> Hey, I hate your podcast yeah. and you and your stupid face and your smell. But here's a reference to say that we're mates. <laughs> well, he gets it, he gets he it, gets it's it. all right. It's, it. it's kind of like the guy, that, that uncle of the party, who's like racist to a friend yeah. of yours. He's like, he knows I'm he joking, loves he it. knows I'm joking. He loves it. Look, he's laughing. Look, he's laughing. He's laughing. <laughs> Nervously. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. Uh, you'll find lots of bonus content there. Uh, but Patreon is the number one way we pay for this show because we do have employees. We do have contractors, legit contractors who yeah. work on this show. Uh, check out the series Lessons for Life and other videos on YouTube. That's TV, uh, Tofop TV on YouTube. Um, we're going to put more stuff up there soon. So check that out as well. Will, you have... Uh, Will uh, Informed, which is my new show. Uh, Hobart sold out, but uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival... Um, Look, I'm in a blind panic, as I said to you off air before, but that's, you know, just what it is. And um, hopefully it'll be great. Um, you know, it's the first time that I brought a really brand new spanking new show to Melbourne. So, you know, come out and see it and hopefully it's going to be good. It I, will be. Well, I hope it will be, but I, at the moment, like, you know. I'm, if it's not, we've got a fucking great idea for a TV show <laughs> and a dog delivery cook yourself business. Well, you know, the thing is, I know it will be good. I just wish it was better already. Yeah. Because I know that I will do whatever work it takes to make it good. Like, that's what I know about myself. It's not like I'm going to, like, if, you know, if, it, if it's not working on the first night, I'll work, you know, every minute to get it working for the second. Like, you know, I know that I will do that. But I would just wish it was working now so that I didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I can relax. So you're not, it's not like you're process oriented, you're outcome oriented. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.